Hello and welcome to the Women in Film and TV podcast. My name is Fiona Kinsella, I'm a producer and I'm also a board member of Women in Film and TV Ireland. This June, Women in Film and TV hosted a dedicated webinar with the Broadcast Authority of Ireland, designed to demystify the application process. During this online panel chat, our chair, Dr. Susan Niddy, and Vice Chair, Yara Valdich, spoke with the decision makers from the BAI Sound and Vision Scheme about this funding process. BAI managers Deborah Malloy-Bergen, Philip Cooper and Sarah McNamara provided us valuable insight into what makes an application successful. Hi everyone and you're very welcome to another WIFT event and today we're delighted to welcome uh, three um, managers from the BAI uh, and I think we all need probably to know a little bit more about how, what the BAI does. We know that certainly they've been very supportive sponsors of ours, and you will know that they, uh, they do contribute to a lot of the events that you, that you see on a day-by-day -day basis with us. Uh, but I think there's a lot more we need to know about how they function, uh, some, of the, some of the rationale behind their decisions and so on. And I'm hoping that we will fill that gap today. Now, just to remind you, I am Susan Liddy, Chair of WIFT Ireland and your board member on WIFT International. And my colleague, Vice Chair Yarrow Aldek is here with me. And rather than introduce the BAI folks, I'm going to ask if you would introduce yourself, please, to our members. So may we start with you, Deborah? Sure. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks very much to WIFT for having us here today. My name is Deborah Malloy-Bergen. I'm a manager with the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. I've been with the BAI for uh, far too long at this stage, uh, 14 years, I think, at this stage. Um, I have previously worked in the Sound and Vision scheme, in the Broadcasting Funding scheme, for about six or seven years. At the minute, um, I'm working as uh, I work as a manager in the area of diversity and also in media plurality and I'm also involved in the transposition of the audiovisual media services directive you're probably a lot of people hearing that being discussed at minute at government level in terms of the online safety and media re regulation bill so that's uh, sort of in a nutshell the kind of work that I'm, I'm on I'll... okay uh Philip how you doing, everybody? Uh, my name is Philip Cooper. Um, I'm also a manager, uh, like Deborah and my colleague Sarah, uh, with the BAI. I've been working with the BAI since 2008, um, and I've always worked on the scheme, but I've been a manager since 2016. Um, so, yeah, look, I... I I work on this game from the very beginning of the process right through to the end and contracting and release and funding and everything else. So hopefully if you have any questions or um, anything else, uh, I'll be I'll be able to answer them for you. OK, right. Sarah. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm the new kid on the block in terms of the BAI. So I started last July. I work closely with Phil on the Sound and Vision scheme as one of the managers of that scheme. Previously, I would have worked in Coltus Kiltori Aaron and prior to that for uh, Forest Nguelga as uh, an Ifika Kvarbhachanga uh, development officer. And I did a master's previously in Commerce with the Octave in NUIG, which um, was very basically media and communications through the medium of Irish. So my background would be very much kind of funding schemes, voluntary community sector, um, bit of Irish and a bit of music in there as well. Oh, great. I must, before I proceed, just advise you that 
um, our dog is asleep nearby and that dog is the greatest snorer I have ever heard in my life. So I have to interject by saying, please excuse if you hear. And I'll try to mute for certain periods, but there's absolutely no point in trying to do anything to stop her because it won't work. Thank you very much, the three of you. I'd like to just go to you now, Yara. Do you want to kick off? Yes, thank you very much, Susan. And thank you all for joining us. Um, so I wonder who is best to ask um, this question? Maybe Philip? Um, if you could, if you could just remind our members what uh, the BAI Sound and Vision Scheme is, and who it is, who is the funding director to, and a side note, what is the budget? What is the annual budget for sure. the Sound and Vision Scheme? That's that's no problem. And um, so, Sound and Vision Funding Scheme is it, it, it comes out of the uh, the Broadcasting Act, the two thousand and nine Broadcasting Act. That that really underpins why we have a funding scheme. So under that act, uh, the BAI were given um, basically the remit to run these funding schemes, primarily there to do with um, supporting programming for Irish language, heritage and experience, media literacy, um, adult literacy, and also programming that is related to um, global affairs that affect the Irish state and other states. So that's very broadly what the scheme um, does, and that's where it comes from. We're now in the fourth iteration of the scheme. So the scheme itself actually originated in, in an earlier act, which was in 2003, I think. Um, so the scheme has been ongoing for quite a long lot long time now um like there's a, a fairly substantial amount of money that's been given out for both radio and television programs um i think that there's it's in around three it's over three thousand programs i think in total that have been funded through the various different um schemes that we've run since sound and vision one and we're in sound and vision four at the moment with the budget the budget comes from the television license fee and basically what the BAI gets is 7% of the television license fee that it uses basically to run the Sound and Vision funding scheme and give out funding for production funding. But there's also other funding in terms of there's an archiving scheme as well um, for um, the broadcast content um, that, that we also run. In terms of the, the budget on Sound and Vision, it's anywhere between 12 and 14 million, but it is so dependent on the license fee um, receipts that come in. So if they go up or down, our budget essentially goes up or down. And we receive that money on a monthly basis. So when we're planning rounds and budgets, it is connected to all of that. So that's why our budget sometimes might be four and a half million another time it might be five and a half million so it is so there's a timing piece when we run around that we have enough funding there to be able to deal with the applications that come into us and um, one last thing i'd say is that the round the, the rounds that we have are very competitive that you know i think in the last round there was I think it was around 22 million that was requested from us um and you know with additional funding we had to to do an, another um kind of add-on to the round it was around seven million that we had to give out so it is it, it's a tough process but um that, that that that's that's in general what it is what our budget is um overview Okay, okay go can, thanks, Philip. Go can ahead, I, uh, thanks, Yara. Can I, can I come in here just to clarify now? So um, the Sound and Vision scheme, am I right in saying that is directed really towards producers so that when I meet individual writers, they won't have had contact with you 
except through a production company. Is that is that probably why a number of people might say to me, oh, I have yes. been, yeah, okay. Now, yeah. can I ask you this? Is the system in some way skewed towards uh, the bigger production companies? Do you have any data showing where the money goes? Does it go to smaller companies, middle size, larger? Do you know those kinds of things, and do you keep um, do you keep tabs on anything like that? We we publish all our results um, every round. Every company that gets funding from us, uh, we fund really small projects to really big projects. It isn't because you're a big company that you get funded. It, it, it really is dependent on the application that comes in. It can also be dependent on every other application that comes in a particular round. So the BAI, what it's trying to achieve is a spread. So in terms of that, when we give uh, recommendations for funding, there's whatever projects that are fundable projects, they basically get into the final strategic phase of assessment. And what we're trying to ensure is a, a diversity of content um, is funded. So it's not just one audience or one format that's funded, but that there's a spread there for all audiences. And that would be a key objective for the BAI in that regard. Okay, so there, there is no, there's no sort of reason why a smaller company wouldn't, on paper at least, have just as good a chance of getting their project through than some of the bigger companies. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yaro, back to you. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, um, so I wanted to also ask you, uh, you, you mentioned that you have several, several rounds per year. Yep. Uh, and I know that a few years ago you ran um, Women's Stories uh, focused round. So I wonder who decides um, if, there, if each uh, round or any round is dedicated to a particular uh, theme. And uh, if, if there is a possibility to suggest that maybe one of the rounds could be focused on prioritizing projects with more diverse groups. Yeah, I, I might come in on that if I, if I can. Um, the women-specific round, that came off the foot of our Gender Action Plan and off some Council of Europe recommendations on which the Gender Action Plan was was devised from um, because we, we obviously wanted, we want to see more women in the industry. This has been highlighted over a number of years. And part of our, the commitments in our Gender Action Plan was to have a focus on women key creatives in the industry and also on stories with a women's narrative. Um, it was a really successful round actually in terms of that um, and Philip you can correct me if I'm wrong I think um, of, of the successful applicants 70% of all radio applications um, had a women's narrative as the central storyline and the same with um, or as 100% of all TV successful TV applications were also from with a women's narrative uh, a central story. Um, in terms of future rounds, it's something that we've definitely been thinking of here in terms of looking at underrepresented, uh, underrepresented voices within the industry right across the board. So that could be um, minority groups, members of the traveling community, all of that. These are all things that we are thinking of. The Gender Action Plan is currently being reviewed at the minute. And as part of that process, we're running a consultation, which is supposed to kick off in the next couple of weeks. And we will want to hear from lots of people like women film and television we will want to consult and these are the type of things that we're, we're looking for we're also going to be reviewing the plan internally uh, I already know my sound vision colleagues have lots of ideas around that type of thing and around having specific rounds or targeted rounds so hopefully that once we finish 
this review, we will have a set of recommendations which we can take forward. The ultimate aim for the BAI by doing this review is to devise a, a, for, a framework for our diversity inclusion strategy right across the board um, for gender, but also for other minority groups as well. And we will want to be hearing about different ways of trying to achieve uh, different targets, well, not targets, but different standards with regards to diversity and inclusion. So I hope I answered that question. And Well, Deborah, uh, I can assure you, you will not find women in television shy about telling you what we'd like. That's so, exactly <laughs> what we want. Susan. And I'm sure exactly. I speak for other groups as well. Um, but Absolutely. just, I understand what you're saying. And I, and I do understand that at the minute, um, not just with the BAI, but I think generally, you know, in the culture generally, we we kind of are now moving to understand that whilst, you know, 50-50 uh, gender equality is a desirable thing, given the, the statistics in Ireland and the number, you know, who the number of women that are represented and so on and so on. We are aware that diversity is important. And I think it's fair to say that intersectionality is uh, mm -hmm. a cornerstone of, of WIF's ethos as well. Um, and I know the BAI have talked about a plurality of voices, and I know that you're very interested in extending that. And, and, you know, that's something that definitely I think is going to be a very big talking point for the rest of the year. I don't know whether I can move on or whether I'm, I'm now, whether you're, you have to answer this too, Deborah, but just kind of taking you up, I, accepting what you're saying about the different groups whose voices we haven't heard and that ties in very well with the women's stories and I, I think actually there's no reason at all why why that brief can't be extended and we can get that wonderful mix that of course we're all looking for actually um, mm -hmm. but can I ask you or Sarah if maybe you I don't, I don't know who wants to answer this but just taken up on Yara's point is there any reason because we don't really fully understand obviously the freedom that you have sure. to make changes or yep. the constraints. Do you know what Absolutely. we're not sure? So how, for example, how, I can give you an example yeah. of that. So there okay. are certain um, um, rounds that would come from the minister. So the minister would request that we would run certain targeted rounds as an industry stimulus. So for example, the live music sector initiative that was announced before Christmas, and there's been various ancillary measures and measures for the community radio sector and COVID pro programming, etc. So that's obviously all coming out of the same funding pot. It's coming out of the same, you know, there's the same individuals working on the scheme trying to uh, run all of these rounds. So obviously when those kind of directives would come from the minister, they have to be run and run within a certain time frame so it's just kind of trying to incorporate you know the things that are coming from the minister the kind of the what's required by the sector and then obviously trying to then in as much as we possibly can promote diversity and plurality in across that you know so that encompasses women's voices lgbtq voices people from ethnic minorities but it's also you know the uh, commercial sector, it's the community sector, it's the local, it's the national, it's the radio, it's the television, it's the different formats, the genres, is the area of drama being represented, it's, you know, so it's just trying, our ch is children's programming being represented. So all of those are considerations as well, you know, when we're looking at diversity and plurality. Okay, but Sarah, can I push you a small bit and ask you this? And just at the moment, we'll say the categories that you have prioritised, if I'm right on this, writer, director, producer and editor. Is that correct? Editor is in there as well in terms of, and we'll come to this, the actual scheme mm -hmm. shortly. But I'm just wondering, 
does the BAI have the the um, the scope to say we are going to also add on to that list? You know, cinematographers, crew. To what extent have you got the power to do that, actually, or do you need the okay? Um, from the minister or the department? Sure. Well, I might invite Phil to jump in on this now. I will say that the Sound Division 4 in its current form would obviously have uh, been developed following the review of the Sound Division 3 scheme, and there would have been submissions and recommendations from the industry. And obviously that will happen again at the end of Sound Division 4. But Phil, obviously, as you've been there through those various iterations, you might have more to add on that. Yeah, so just, uh, I suppose, uh, as a way of background, when we first started looking at women in a league creative role and incorporating that into our strategic assessment criteria, which basically gives an advantage to applications that do have women in a league creative role, we just looked at three. Um, that was um, producer, uh, director and writer. Um, and then after we had some consultation with the with the industry, we expanded that out and editor and director of photography were also added in. But Sarah is dead right. Like in terms of what we do now, that's informed by the review process that we do of the scheme. So the next review of the scheme is actually coming up. There's a three year review and, that, and that's coming up probably towards the, the last quarter of this year. So I suppose it's that would be the point there I think in terms of oh, okay. if there was recommendations coming in. Now, if it did, something was to come in outside of that, it might be something that we could uh, have the flexibility to do internally or decision may be made by the BAI that actually, you know what, this is something we have to run by the authority and then the authority would decide. We do have scope yeah. within what we can mm. do. Um, but, you know, what we do is very much informed by the review process. Yes. Um, yes. So, so in other words, Philip, you couldn't just get together tomorrow morning with Deborah and Sarah and a few others and say, okay, you know what, let's add crew, uh, five more categories onto the list. There would be a process before that list, if you like, would be expanded. Is that right? There is a process. It, it would depend on what somebody, what, what we were looking to do and the reasons as to why we were doing it. But yeah, there would be a process. It'd be a BAI decision um, and that would be the senior manager would have to be involved in that. So um, and then we'd have to look at, I suppose, the implications of that and, and how that would work and, and run. OK, OK, thanks, Bill. Yaro, do you want to come in? Yeah. No, I just wanted to um, come in on that. So when you said that uh, it would be upon the authority's approval, authority meaning the senior manager at BAI. Okay, so the, the, there's two parts to the BAI. So there's the BAI executive, that's myself, Deborah, Sarah, we're, we're the executive. We're, we're basically doing the day-to-day -day work and ensuring, you know, um, the policy of the BAI is run. The authority is the actual our authority is is the board if you like of the BAI um so it's the authority that are the ones the drivers making the decision like in, in terms of they're setting the policy and then the executive are ensuring that the policy is is followed through essentially just to put it very in very simple terms so the authority essentially when we have our recommendations from coming out of a funding round. It's the authority that ratifies the decision. Mm. So we have to go to the authority and set out. We ran the round per our guidance, per the scheme, per all the requirements of it. They consider that. And then if they're satisfied with it, 
they 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 ratify that and then uh, we let people know if they got funded or not after that. So the authority are they're the top level and then the BAI management is what the senior management, I suppose, my myself, Deborah and Sarah would be management, senior management would um you, you know, they would be, I suppose, the drivers of the various different areas. Um and then at, at the level that the, the three of us that, that, that you're speaking mm-hmm. to are at, um, we're on the operational side and actually doing the management of the, the work. And I suppose just to say that everything that we would do across the board would be uh, strategic uh, objectives and that are laid out in the strategy statement. And for example, it would be the authority that would sign off on that, that would drive that, that would implement, you know, would approve any changes to that. And then we would implement what's in the strategy statements and all the... So that comes down to, you know, the, the running of the sound division scheme and, you know, all the areas of the, the BAI, but that's, they basically uh, are the, the kind of the drivers of the, the strategy objectives. And then we would be, as Phil said, um, implementing it day to day. Okay. Thank you very much for clarifying. So now that uh, we discussed all of that, <laughs> let's go to the, to the application stage. Um, um, what happens uh, to the application once it arrives at BAI? Um, yeah, I, I could take that if yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, so basically, we have a funding round open for at least four weeks. Um, is to be pleased to know anybody that's considering putting in an application, the next funding round is going to open up. Um, hopefully at uh, the end of this week, early next week. Um, and we're looking to potentially close that at the end of July. So that's that's what we're working on at the moment, just finalizing the documentation. So what you need to do is you need to submit your application through our BAI online system. And that basically is an online form that you fill in various different fields, kind of headline information, but then there's a Word document and that's the nuts and bolts of your, your, your application. That goes into your treatment, your budget, your finance plan, where you're getting all the funding from, your funding commitments, you know, demonstrating they're in place, your broadcaster commitments, um, all of that, your script, if, they, if it's a drama, running order as well. Anybody doing TV projects really do recommend putting in a running order. It's not a mandatory thing, but it's really, really helpful and a useful thing to, to provide to us. But you basically incorporate that all into this application document. And what you need to do is you need to make sure you get your application submitted for the closing date. You also need to make sure that you really carefully read the most up-to-date guide for applicants. Um, That tells you absolutely everything you need to know. Um, And you don't want to fall out on basically of consideration because there's something key that you missed in terms of the detail that's in in the guidance. Like an example would be um, the other funding that you should have secured when you come to the BAI with an application. So we recommend, well, what we're looking for is that at least 85% of the other funding required to make the project is secure when you come to us. Now that's very simple to do if it's just say the BAI and the broadcaster, but if it's a much more, if it's a bigger project, say an animation or some of the, the, the bigger dramas, there's a lot of other funders involved. So it's making sure you have all them letters of commitment that are dated with the figure in it and all of that, getting all of them ducks in a row, okay? So that's 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 the first step. And there's a fair bit of work. Like the, the four weeks, you should be able to get it done in, but there's 
they, 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 there's a lot of work in it. So as as quickly as you can begin the process, I suppose, of putting your application together, the better it is. When the round closes, the applications are in. So once the round closes, you can't put in something afterwards. You can't give us documentation you haven't already included in your application. Um, so that's it. The, the rounds, it's then in process. It goes into the process. There's, there, there's a number of different stages. There's a preliminary assessment stage. That's where the BAI is basically checking, have we got all of the mandatory documentation? And is the program linked to one of the themes of the scheme? So is, is it an Irish culture, heritage and experience program, education in terms of adult literacy and media literacy, or a program that's dealing with global affairs that affected the, the Irish state? Um, if it passes through that phase, it goes into the qualitative assessment stage. Now, that's where we're really looking at your application, and that's where we get assistance from our external assessors. Um, and we have a pool of external assessors, and we publish who we've used as external assessors on each round. Um, we convene uh, assessment panel meetings. Um, so that's BAI staff and external assessors, basically, um, review a groupings of applications um, and uh, we we assess them against our um, stated criteria that is set out in the application guidelines. Um, a consensus is then, we, we, we all meet together after reviewing the applications, a consensus is then reached on each application in terms of the narrative um, under each criterion and then a, a score as well with regards to that um, and again this is all linked back to the guide and what we say we do in the guide um, and then that goes forward to actually prepare the draft um, text that will go back in your assessment report that you will receive um, if you've ever if you do apply to us and you will receive that if it gets into the qualitative stage after that stage any of the applications that pass the qualitative stage go into the final strategic phase of assessment. If we basically go through the qualitative stage and we have more applications that we would fund if we had the budget available, but we don't have the budget available, they need to go to the strategic phase of assessment. And that's where we're looking at the, the, the I suppose, the strategic assessment criteria, which again is linked, it's in the, in the guidance um, that we provide exactly what we're considering um, and how that works. Broadly speaking, and I said that at the beginning, we're looking to ensure that there's a, a spread across format and genre, um, the, the, the platform, uh, the audience that's being served. So it's not just one audience, one broadcaster or one, one type of program and um, the quality of the applications that came in. And then also women in the league key creative role is a is another thing that we look at at that strategic phase and essentially the more women you have in elite creative role the more marks that are actually provided to your application can i stop you there because there's so yep. much information i'm conscious i'm struggling to keep up with myself so let me hand it back to you you tell me if i've picked it up wrong and sure. Lara, you might want to jump in here as well so okay let me just pair it back if you're looking at screen ireland for instance you know that there are that there's the board and all of that, but you know that they don't make the decisions. The project managers make the decisions at Screen Ireland. People know who they are. So just to clarify, first of all, in a way, are you a project manager? Would that be? Do you have that hat on as well as other hats? Do you have a say in what projects go through, Philip? And and we, we, we yeah. So 
from, from, from our point of view, what we need to ensure is that our process is being followed and we're assessing the projects per the guidance, guidelines and the assessment criteria that we've set out. So in terms of we get external expertise because we're not program makers, like some of us might have some experience okay. here and there, but we're not program makers. So okay. that's why we have external expertise and they're giving their view, but they're yeah. assessing the applications against the guidance that we've set out okay. and we're 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 considering what they're saying mm. we're seeing where mm. I, I suppose there's agreement or disagreement if mm. there's disagreement between the panel of assessors that 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 we have we work through and we reach a consensus on each application and each um under each criteria yeah, but simply they the external assessors yeah. provide the, the the mark and the the feedback for the qualitative so if you get everything that is progressing to strategic um, has received a mark and feedback from external assessors, and then it's from so that Sarah, starting would, point. Would the external assessors be equivalent to the readers' reports that you would have in Screen Ireland? That, yes. that you would send them out. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing is that in Screen Ireland, when they come back, the expertise of those project managers, from what I can understand, comes to bear on those reports. So that the reports aren't necessarily and automatically mm. accepted, but their expertise bears on the final decision. Are your external people, are they in a more elevated position for instance? So what they're doing is that so they are um, making their judgments at qualitative stage and that decides what proceeds to strategic and also what the mark that it has achieved at strategic. So that's the starting point from strategic. So we, what we're doing is that we're working from their assessments of the project okay. as people who are experienced and qualified yeah. within their industry. And then what we are doing is taking the projects that they have been deemed to be the strongest yeah. from qualitative. And out of those projects, we are taking the, the ones that most closely align with the BAI's strategic objectives to ensure that we have the widest spread possible okay. that we have out of what they have deemed to be the strongest. So in that kind of way, you're hoping mm -hmm. that you're going to touch on that thorny word quality, yep. because they have uh, given their, you know, yes, I know that they, it's subjective and I know we could be talking all day about that, but you're hoping that you will combine that, if you like, quality aspect with things like, you know, what, what markers are we supposed to hit yes. and all of that. Now, when the external readers are looking at them, at that stage, do they, are they told, I know you're saying they're, they, they do score them, are they scoring on on what they perceive to be quality or are they bringing to bear um, things like we need a spread of female blah blah to be, blah. To be honest okay. exactly what they're working off is available on the BAI website okay. it's literally what's in the guidelines so that's exactly okay. what they're working off at qualitative so they are looking at the quality of yeah. The program and they are giving us their uh, you know under um areas that are identified as i say on the website so like uh cultural value uh resources mm -hmm. which includes both financial but also mm -hmm. skills and experience track record mm -hmm. so they were all laid out in the guidelines for applicants mm -hmm. and that's what the assessors are using as their framework at the qualitative stage so they've already kind of given us their uh assessment of it under those criteria um and at that kind of on that kind of qualitative level at that stage okay and could could you get a response from those external uh, whatever way you put them, those external readers could you get a response that would be heavily skewered 
in favour, let's say, of one gender in certain areas, which would be against what you would want? Well, I'd, I would actually say from personal experience, that would be very unusual because the first thing to note is that generally there is... Um, parity in terms of the panels generally there is a, if there's a panel of projects being assessed um, by two assessors is generally uh, a male and a female um, okay. assessor and the other thing is that um, you know additionality and you know audience served is that's just always a foremost um, consideration so I from personal experience seen it noted very commonly if there is a lack of female voices you know in terms of contributors etc that is feedback that is frequently given to applicants or a suggestion that would potentially improve their program if they were to include this so it hasn't been I can only speak from my own experience but it has not been my experience um on assessment panels that um I'll actually I'd actually agree with that with Sarah in terms of my experience I assessed for for many years and if there was actually the assessors were more than likely to comment if they didn't see an even spread of 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 voices you know particularly if, if if it was a particular subject or things like that they would actually actively say hold on there's some voices actually missing from here maybe this could be looked at um maybe this could be talked about uh, and they definitely i've had them them comment i've had assessors comment on that on I more suppose i'm curious in this way folks and it's sense that we know going back a couple of years um uh and i know personally because um stephanie came down and gave a presentation back in 2016 at a colloquium in mic uh, limerick which was one of those very, very early, probably the first of its kind, actually, in terms of having all the industry discuss the issues in one place. And, you know, she was talking about having to rummage for the stats. And she was obviously a great, it was wonderful, her presentation. She was a great supporter of equality and all of that. But I suppose at that point, is it a case that, you know, when, when information was going out or when projects were going out at that stage, everybody was unaware of it is it more a case that you are assuming that your external readers are going to be aware or are they told this is what we're trying to do oh well, you see they are they're made absolutely familiar oh, okay. with the got with the strategic objectives oh, they fine. they are actually provided with the same so we have guidelines specifically for assessors they're also made aware of the guidelines for applicants uh, we have contact with them uh, many of them have assessed for us for a number of years but they all get a kind of an induction if you like as no, to okay. what the guidelines are for the current round what the BAI strategic objectives are so they're very clear on that no, okay yeah, there's, 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 yeah. sorry Philip um, did you, you want to just you, add yeah, on? yeah no I, 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 just really to add to what Sarah and, and Deborah were saying there that um, the assessors are actually prompted with questions to consider under each criteria okay. um, and I would also say with regard to diversity and uh, applications that propose to show aspects of Irish culture society communities of people that are not commonly portrayed that is a specific question we ask, and it's generally under the highest scoring criteria that we will mark. And that's been the case for a number um, of rounds as well. So it is considered at that qualitative stage, and we do ask our assessors to consider that in terms of their evaluation of the application that's being put forward to them. Okay. Um, thank you. I would like to step in and just maybe, maybe rather than question, just just something that, like a comment that's that's. Um, coming to me uh, that I, I, I do I presume that you make sure that your external assessors are 
diverse as well. So, so that, you know, maybe each round, I'm not, I, I will be honest with you, I have not read who your uh, external assessors have been in the past, so I need to catch up on that. But I, I presume you make sure that each time you uh, get a new pool of assessors, that these are just as diverse as the diversity you're looking for in your stories. So the, in terms of our assessors, like, first of all, we need to be satisfied that they're qualified to give an opinion on the applications they're being put front, in well, front I, of them. I, so would think, part, I would think that goes without saying. Of course, they does, should be yeah. qualified. The, yeah. the, the other thing that we need to also ensure is that there's no conflict of interest with anybody that's assessing to, with us. That makes getting assessors kind of tricky um, because a lot of people that would be great at doing assessments are also involved heavily in the production area. And um, so trying to get the, the that balance is is something that, you know, is a challenge, but we are able and, and have been able to do it. Um, in terms of our assessors and who we use, um, there's some assessors that we've used for a number of years and there's other assessors that we bring on in each round um you know if if and when we're approached and if somebody is suitable we do um you know increase the the pool of assessors in general all of the assessors that we have available we end up using due to the demand that's on the fund um like 227 applications came in the last time for 22 million when we had a budget um of like in total it was it was around 7 million that 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 went out um that actually involved 18 separate groupings of applications with um that would be what is it 30 36 um, assessors, but some of the assessors we used over two panels. Um, but also, and again, I think Deborah touched on this and Sarah did as well. Like we also try and ensure when we put panels together, there's the expertise. So, you know, there's people that primarily their expertise is in radio or primarily their expertise is in TV or a, different, a specific type of TV. So, you know, you'd be trying to ensure that applications that they're, they're going to be qualified in terms of the, the, the applications that are being put in front of them. But the other thing we're trying to ensure as well is that there is that uh, gender balance on our panel yeah. so that there's at least a, a, a male and female in wherever I, possible we can do that, we will. I and think do. as well, Phil, it's, it's good to just to note that, you know, so obviously the assessors assess the projects individually and then we convene the meeting. So in the meeting, you have the two assessors, but there's also... Uh, an individual from BAI. So, I mean, all of us as staff and as uh, executors of the BAI, if something like that hasn't, if, you know, if diversity hasn't been alluded to, if a lack of female voices hasn't been alluded to, we can and do, you know, make those prompts, raise those questions within the meeting. And that's our opportunity to do that and, you know, uh, touch on anything that we feel is had, maybe hasn't been considered and then kind of draw feedback from them. Indeed. And so primarily myself and Sarah, in terms of the role that we would have in general on like that management role. So when we attend an assessment meeting, what we're keeping a really close eye on is has the criteria been considered by the assessors? Is that coming through in terms of the consensus being reached? Is there anything missing here? And if there was, then that would be something that we'd need to raise with the the, the panel that it is considered. Um, and that goes across the board in any of the, the, the criteria that we have set out. 
And mm -hmm. the scoring okay. you mentioned earlier, Philip, the scoring, do the assessors return their um, their assessment with a score as well? Scoring so, something yeah, so, okay, so there, there's, uh, what the assessors provide isn't, it, they reviewed the application, right. it isn't their assessment. So, you know, you're only ever going to get the final assessment and the agreed yes. score, the consensus score. So they give you an indicative of what they feel about the application and what score that should achieve. Mm -hmm. The score is based on the narrative they're given. So if they're saying something is, is, is really good, you know, the score is going to kind of match up with that. And again, we do uh, outline in a matrix in terms of how the scoring works um, and the scoring that that's kind of provided to it. That's just an indication. So it's only after the discussion and the consensus is reached that, okay, this will be the narrative based on the discussion and, and what's agreed here. And then the score relates to what that narrative is saying. All the scoring is doing is really just trying to provide a bit of structure, um, particularly when it comes into that strategic phase um, in the first instance. So you're ensuring that, you know, it's the, the projects that are coming out with the highest score right across the board, that they're getting, the, I suppose, the greatest advantage when they go into that strategic phase of assessment. Um, but, you know, at the strategic phase of assessment, I would say that it's so dependent on the number of other quality applications that have made it through in terms of, if, for instance, 80% of the stuff that gets through is all documentary and it's all excellent, it's going to be tough for the documentaries in terms of how that works out. It is completely you know. comparative. It is just a, that round is a completely comparative and just in the interests of trying to uh, foster that diversity and plurality, like a very simply, like the more of something we have at qualitative, the less significant strategic weighting it has and vice versa you know so the more underrepresented something is in the round the higher the strategic weighting it receives but that obviously okay. depends on and what that's comes at in this, that is round. decided sarah at that at this strategic point. yes yeah can i tell but, the story but, but that only re relates to to the narrative Correct, to the narrative of the project. Not just the narrative to the project, to the age group that it's directed at, to where it will be broadcast, to who's involved in okay. the production. So, so, so it does not relate to who is in the group, is what I'm trying to say. That's that does weigh in. That's one of the factors, yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, women in elite key creative roles so the five roles that we'd mentioned there earlier they're also considered as yeah. well so basically for each role that's filled basically equates to a, a, a mark that you will get so if a project comes in and all five roles are filled mm. that's an additional five marks that project right. gets mm. over another project okay. and i can tell you at that that phase five marks can it's be the difference yeah it is yeah it, it really does you? Can I ask a question? Sorry, folks, my phone's gone off. Can I just ask this? Because, you know, Philip, you, you alluded to it there in terms of the demand of things. And I want to tell you a story which got me thinking about this. I met a woman about maybe two years ago uh, at, after one of our events. It was a, I think it was a documentary uh, event where we had documentary makers and we had, you know, in the, in the good old days when you could have members coming in for uh, to see it and have a glass of wine and a chat afterwards. And I met this woman and I don't know how we started talking. She she started talking about an application to the BAI. 
Now, her background was steeped in documentary making, and I, I, I don't remember the details, and even if I did, I wouldn't give them to you, but this was a woman that was clear, had, you know, a, you know, a record of making, uh, of producing documentaries. She was a skilled woman. She could not understand, I think it was, it was a sports-related theme. I think it could have been something like, you know, following a female sports person of some kind. And she said she couldn't. And she said, I don't understand. It was a female, we are crew. She went through everything. We did everything that actually they seemed to want. And it was a no. And then she said, I went away and I said, no, I'm going to review what has to be done. I'm going to go back. And she got a second no. And she seemed so defeated. I remember feeling for her thinking like, you just wish you could have said something to yeah. her. And I'm wondering, Philip, coming back to what you say, is it a situation where you can be on, well, I don't know what way to put it. Would, it. would it be a case of that it wasn't so much her project was the problem, it was that there were other pro projects Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. That's actually exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And as well as that, it sounds like that could have been a project that would have been, you know, very popular and got good ratings if it got on television. But that's not, there could have been another project that was equally as good, but would have been more difficult to make without the sound of vision scheme that yes. would have been more niche and you know so considerations like that that don't have any that are no negative reflection yeah. on the quality of a program yeah. Yeah. and sometimes the very fact that dramas and documentaries are really popular on television yeah. doesn't actually necessarily help them because it actually just makes it more competitive okay of course i know that's cold comfort to the person yeah. who you know at a personal yeah. level somebody who really wants to get something made i i, I understand yeah. what you're saying but i also understand yeah. it's they, they, they can be person. some of the they can be some of the most difficult conversations to have yeah. with people and yeah. you know that through no fault you know their, yeah. their, their project is of really high quality yeah. their funding's fine everything's yeah. good and it's just we don't have enough money in the pot a lot of the and time do they and get they get do they get written feedback deborah did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The assessment report uh, is is sent out yeah. once the round is is. And I presume I'm, I'm maybe guessing wrongly here, but I, I'm presuming that you don't um, you don't have face to face conversations with people who do, yeah. or do you? We do. Myself and Phil often do. Okay. We've had okay. several recently. All yeah. right. So people okay. are always welcome to do that. That's, yeah. that's um, positive. I think. Yeah. I think that's yeah, positive. I don't, I, a human face kind of, you know. Or phone conversations uh, that you might have had. Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of that, like the assessment report is the final report. So, yeah. like, what we we can do if somebody is unclear yeah. as to what something means, like, obviously, we can provide that kind of clarification. Yeah. What we can't really do is add to the final assessment report because that's the report that's been yeah. basically signed off, agreed, and and that is the final outcome. Yeah. There isn't an appeals process, but anybody is welcome to resubmit into a later round and um, mm -hmm. we don't have a cap on resubmission so people can do that um it is though like a, in terms of documentary is really it's really tough uh, english language documentary is even tougher and um, reason being i would say on that is that the bai also need to ensure that 25 percent at least of our funding goes to irish language programs the majority of irish language programming that comes into us is in the documentary space so in terms of the amount of funding that we have available if we're trying to get a diversity in terms of format and genre 
there's a lot being the, the documentary is what we get most of. And there's no yeah. surprise that this documentary is a really good fit but in terms of the thing. Like if we only thing. funded documentaries, if we didn't fund anything else, we still wouldn't have enough money to fund yeah. all the documentaries. And that's leaving every other format and genre. Yeah. That's just, just, and that's just TV as well. Do you know, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. take into account yeah. radio as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yara, did you want to come uh, yeah. back in? Is there a question there? Yeah, I do. Uh, are you mean from our listeners? Um, I do not see any question yet, but uh, those of you who are listening, feel free to um, put uh, your question in the chat in a window. But I wanted to ask you, so, I mean, obviously we can hear that there's been lots of improvements made toward um, uh, like representing the diverse, diverse voices on screen, and it seems like it's moving also, um, you know, behind the camera. But I just wanted to just stress to you that it seems like you've got you've got the power to really change it, and and there are still many many women, particularly in our organization, who who keep getting the no, and it's not uh, an occasional no; it is a consistent no. And I feel that you have the power to make it even bigger for women because we represent women as women in film and television. Uh, and so if if there was a chance to maybe one of the rounds each year um, focus on crew to get people in the crew funded so they actually start making documentaries, th- th- that would be, I think that would be I hope within your powers to to focus on, um, because because there is lots of like um, initiatives made for pe- women to up train and upskill, but that doesn't actually ultimately uh, w- what's missing is is us getting funded. Um, so I I just wanted to say that that um, hopefully if the if the potential for you guys to change it for us is there that you really grab it and run with it <laughs> we will be forever grateful to I, you I, to- <laughs> I, I totally agree I know I, I've talked to many women in this industry over the years and particularly women who are well trained well experienced know what they're doing and they're just seem to be hitting cul-de-sacs or brick walls at, on all occasions and we, we we do recognize that and that's why we try and fund things like Expollinator, which was an extraordinarily brilliant partnership initiative where it brought women together from all different parts of the industry and put them in uh, into a melting pot to develop really high quality projects that can come in into 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 things like sound and vision. But I do I do recognize what you're saying and we're going to constantly review you know, that representation number one piece as well, which is the on-air piece and also the the, the behind the scenes thing. We, we, we definitely see this, you know, we need to keep pushing and we want to keep pushing on this as well. It'll be part of, as I said, it'll be part of the review process. We'll be taking all of this into account. The set of vision uh, will be reviewed later in the year as well. Again, we're, we're, we want to be listening to all the voices out there to try and make it better. I, I do feel we have, even since 2016, Susan, you'll probably know, I mean, we were at one stage and I think we have upped it a good bit and we have promoted and tried to push women into into that um, 
space and and to give them you know to give them more visibility i think even from asking the data questions in the sound of vision piece has actually shone a spotlight and has encouraged more applications to have women in these lead creative roles we've definitely seen the numbers uh have have gone up over the last couple of years since we started first collecting data i mean i'm pretty sure producer and director philip you might correct me there they're at well above the writer above yeah, the 50%. I, yeah, there's, still, there's, there's, there's still work to be done. And we, Yara, we've talked about director of photography. There's a, definitely a, a good bit of work to be done on that. And we're, we're definitely pushing all the time to try and see that increase. We want to see it at 50-50 at as well. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It always depends on what you get in. We don't control what applications come into us. So we can't always tell. If we get you know 200 applications and it's all male, it's like... We still have to make a decision on yes. it. You know what I mean? I, I understand, but but I think we we all all know by now that it, that's not all the applications oh, that are coming in. It's already yeah. balancing out. So I, I thank you, Deborah, for your words. I, I know. Can I come in with you, a question? Yeah. Or, yeah, a question coming in from Anya. She wants to know: Is there a particular time in the year that the TV license money would be maybe more? So that, in other words, there would be a bigger yeah. budget at one time than another. Yeah. It, 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 so the receipts come into us actually on a monthly basis. So it depends. And I, I think towards the end of the year is when there's usually more receipts coming in. So we need to like we can't we can't allocate money until we have that money available to be able to allocate it. Yeah. Um, so like with that and how it, how it currently works, like. Ideally, we'd love to be able to run more yeah. funding rounds than we run open funding rounds that, that that we have. Now, last year we ran four separate funding rounds, but two of them funding rounds, one was like for the community radio sector and the other one was for the mm. commercial sector. So there was two other open funding rounds, uh, if you like, in there. But like we, we certainly are able to run two open rounds that's that's what we we would be doing this year um in terms of our plans for next year uh we will we'll hopefully be able to give some indication on that later on but there isn't there isn't a specific time i suppose just answering uh anya's anya's specific mail there or sorry specific question there um because it comes in on a monthly basis essentially yes. so it's not a case of saying oh i'm going to pop get my my application in on in March because there's more money available. No, no yeah, so yeah, so so what we do publish is when we open up a round, we give an indication as to what the budget for that round will okay. be. Um, mm -hmm. so you know, you know, but regardless of that, um, you know, it it is all dependent on obviously your own application, individual application, but yeah, it's also dependent on how many other people apply that with a with, with a program idea that's maybe in the same format or language or or genre um catering to a particular audience or whatever else these are all other factors that come to play as well so regardless of what the budget is if you think your application is fully developed ready to go is a good idea it's it's fitting what the bai are looking for then i'd encourage you to put it in because we want good applications coming into us all the time, even though it's tough. And um, I don't want anybody going away from this kind of, well, I've, I, I only make documentaries. They're not interested. We are really interested. And we yeah. fund loads of documentary. So do, you, you know, but I wouldn't just, encourage 
on that note, actually, there was a question there in the comments just about saying that documentaries are very heavily subscribed. What are some undersubscribed areas? So I'd be saying anything in the education area, so adult literacy, media literacy, science, nature and environment, uh, even children's programming, because the majority of what we get in is aimed at adults. Um, so any of those areas or something we would love to see oh, more of so if that's Sarah. your yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that's really good. wonderful thank you yeah. so much yeah the, uh, I, I was hoping to ask that question as well yeah. but um, there was mm -hmm. sorry I just saw a question that someone had asking if yeah. Northern Irish companies could um, apply as well yeah. Phil you might be able to let people know how that works so at, at the moment they can and um, so you know you, you know in terms of the eligibility is is that you're based on the island of Ireland or within the EU so if you're based in the UK your company is you know the, the, that's where the company is and registered you can't anymore because obviously UK is no longer in now that's mainland UK but Northern Ireland is still okay at the moment and we haven't been given any directions of, of anything different to that so the good news is if you are based in the north you can still certainly apply to us and people have in the last round as well okay Great. Brilliant. Brilliant. Have Thank you. Else? Mm -hmm. I'm being very good and conscious of the time. And uh, <laughs> I, I know we're nearly uh, we're nearly out. Yara, did you have anything else to add? Yeah, I just well, first of all, I wanted to thank all of you, Deborah, Philip and Sarah for joining us and for all of you listening. And since we have the BAI here, I would like to highlight two events that they helped sponsor that we have coming up. Seems um, there will, fair. Yeah. <laughs> There will be a conversation with Valhalla producer, filmmaker, and our fellow board member, Liz Gill, uh, on the 19th of July. Did I say that wrong? Is it Jill? No, you said it perfectly Gil. wrong. Ah, and we have a special uh, event coming up, um, a discussion about editing with um, Academy Award nominee, Joy Macmillan, and our own uh amazing editor Cara Holmes so please tune in uh that that one is on the 28th of June go to our website look up the event sign up and please spread the word uh, thank you all thank you very much I'd like to thank you on behalf of all our members I found that a really fascinating conversation and I think it's interesting that you know perhaps it takes this sense of the BAI being you know this organization that you know is somehow remote I think maybe that was a kind of um uh, that feeling whereas uh I think you've given us some really interesting insights and uh and I think your being here has been very important and I hope that we can look forward to having you back maybe uh, further down the line absolutely it's just about I really enjoyed it and yeah. you know um, further discussions on this and other parts of the work Absolutely. of the BAI we'd be yeah. de delighted to, to come and talk to you so thanks Great. so much for asking us so yeah. thank, yeah, thank you, you very much Deborah, Philip and Sarah thank you to Yarrow and of course to Gemma behind the scenes there and thank you to our members for listening we'll be making this available as a podcast and we'll get many more listens in that way uh, so thank you all very much and see you next time Women in Film and TV would like to thank the BAI for their generous support of our events. If you liked our podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe. Find out more about our upcoming events and how you can support the work of Women in Film and TV Ireland by logging on to wft.ie.